What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the For the Bird podcast. This is episode 24 of the show, and as always, I'm your host, Ron Gaeta. My guest today is Joseph Rude, better known as former WWE superstar Eric Rowan. Rowan talks about his early wrestling journey and getting signed by the WWE. We also talk about him coming up through NXT and making his debut on the WWE main roster with the Wyatt family. We talk about a few of his personal WrestleMania moments, including having an impromptu one-on-one match with The Rock at the biggest WrestleMania of all time. He also talks about tagging with Daniel Bryan and find out what his original pitch was for the infamous Cage storyline, which ended up being his last run with WWE. Enjoy, guys. Nope. Mr. Pop. All right, guys, today I have Joseph Rude, uh, better known as former WWE superstar Eric Rowan. Thanks for joining the show, man. How are you doing today? Yeah, no problem, man. I'm doing good. Awesome. Really good. Good. Um, so usually just start these with getting into some of your uh, earlier wrestling influences when you decided you wanted to be a professional wrestler or um, when you knew that was an actual possibility? Uh, I mean, as far as knowing it's an actual possibility and uh, pursuing it are two different things. Uh, I mean, I watched it when I was little, you know, like uh, I remember having the action figures, getting out of it watching it again in high school, like we're in 99, 2000 was when I graduated. And it was starting to hit big, you know, then. So everyone was watching it um, in college or getting the pay-per-views, watching it every time I was playing football at the time. And I was like, oh, that stuff's, you know, fun. I went to a indie show um, that Eddie Sharkey was putting on. And uh, I remember seeing like Jerry Lynn had just won the WWF Cruiserweight Championship and he was on the show and I was watching and I was like, oh, and I saw some other guys on the show, and there were there were big guys, and you know, I'm, I'm six seven, you know, out of shape, three hundred at the time because I was an offensive lineman, right? And uh, yeah, uh, I talked to them, and you know, I said, hey, I'd, I'd like to try to do it, and you know, quit college, and my mom was very upset with that one, mm-hmm. but uh, I made a deal with her. I'd try to so community college while I was trying to wrestle. Ended up just dropping that pursued uh wrestling in 2002 until i uh, got signed with wwe in 2010 so quite the, the the journey between there of uh almost giving up and even when i got signed to wwe and um i was in fcw it was it was uh taking a big pay cut to come there and uh i almost uh gave up too not because i didn't have love for it but because i couldn't afford to uh, to stay there at the time i was supporting you know two people right and uh i was making the highest you made was 750 bucks and the lowest you made was 500 bucks a week and you know when you're an independent contractor you're still paying taxes on top of that yeah and uh that's not a lot of money to support a family on. no yeah i i get i gave it like a two-month period and uh, before that two-month period was up um the white family was uh on the main roster. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what were those tryouts like? Or did you have, did you do one of those little squash matches? Like you see like Ellsworth and Stroman to get a contract or no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> so, so in uh, 2006, I uh, decided to spend some money 
to get out of like Minnesota and Wisconsin because I, I was all, I was ha- having to work a full time job and wrestle. That's kind of my groove, and I was working with the same guys in the same indies in the same area, which you know is not good. <laughs> you're not improving. You're not getting any better. You're not learning. You can only learn so much from a couple people. Right. After that, you need to get out. You need to work, work, work. And uh, I was stuck in that groove. And uh, um, at the time, I was in Wisconsin, and Harley da- Harley Race had the, his camp in Elder, Missouri. And I went with – it was uh, – I'm trying to remember what he wrestles as now, but he was Dinty Moore. I think he's part of the Beer City Brewsters now. Okay. Uh, Matt Winchester. And uh, I went with him. We drove in a car with a guy named El Vato. And we went to Harley Race's camp and I spent the 500 bucks to do the camp. And, you know, just for a chance to be seen by Simon Dean, who was the producer at the time, WWE talent relations guy. And um, who, who else was there? It was uh, pro wrestling Noah. And okay. just uh, from doing um, that camp, I got to go and basically be a young boy in Japan for three months. So I was able to go somewhere and learn and from there, I, you know, I was a single dad when I came back home. That was um, 07, you know, being a single dad, trying to support that family mm-hmm. and being an indie wrestler. It's not like a good combination. Right. Somehow I made it work to keep wrestling, but, you know, I had to get a full-time job, um, work security for the county. I figured this was it. This was my life. I'll wrestle for fun. And that's it. And then by chance, FCW Recruit had a page that came out and, uh, I sent in a video, whatever, and uh, they wanted to fly me out to Florida for a week in Tampa. This is when uh, Dr. Tom was uh, the head over there. And uh, they gave me a week tryout. My tryout match was with Jacob Novak. A week after that tryout, they offered me a contract. That's awesome. So um, just kind of being in the right place at the right time, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that you like, like you mentioned, you debuted with the Wyatt family and NXT, uh, Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt at the time. What was it like coming up with those guys and uh, working with uh, like Bray and, and more specifically um, Braun Strowman and all those guys? So uh, the, the Wyatts, uh, it's kind of a blur because everything was happening so quickly. And mm-hmm. uh, um, NXT was just kind of starting. Uh, and it, it's a little bit different than it was now. Is I remember there was a lot of handcuffs on people and it would kind of tell people don't do that don't do that do things this way do things this way don't do things the way you thought you should do them do them this way and uh a lot of guys held back and a lot of guys aren't with us weren't with the company long because they couldn't handle being told not to do that or to you know right slow slow down or do things different ways and it kind of screws with a lot of heads uh when you when you learn a certain way and you got to dislearn a lot of things but uh as far as uh those guys go um obviously me, me and harper it's, it's well known we didn't get along well at first <laughs> um but you know we had a chemistry in the ring together and the longer we kept finding each other the the more that chemistry grew and now we have a lifelong friendship you know nice. yeah um, um as, as as far as uh as, as, as Wyndham go, it's funny because he, he was the youngest out of us, but he was always like acting like the father. So, you know, he can cause, he can cause a little friction with that too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was funny because I was out with an injury when Braun came in. Mm-hmm. And I remember this specifically because like I'm sitting at home, I'm hurt. And uh, I'm like, are they trying to replace me? 
you know, because yeah. you know, you sit at home, you don't you don't know what's going on, and wrestling's just a a tidal wave from people that just come in and out, in and out. And I and I remember because uh, I remember Wendell had brought up the fact, oh, you should paint your mask uh, black. And then uh, I'm sitting at home, and because I said no, I don't want a black mask because I want like I. If you ever noticed me in the background, the white and the mask, or I had all these different masks, I had like seven or eight or mm-hmm. 10, you probably haven't even seen half of them, yeah. but all of them, all of them were very intricate and they, they were not plastic. They were, they were latex and, you know, they became part of an entrance costume and a mystique. And I said, well, if, if it's black, you're not going to see the guy. Like right. he's just going to blend in because when you do your entrance, it's, you know, you, you have the, the lantern. So you, you don't no, notice the guy. You want the guy to stick out. Right. And uh, so I remember sitting at home and I was like, I see the black mask. And I was like, that mother effer. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. Um, then when I came back, you know, Braun, you know, hell of a guy. Um, but he was, he was brand new, you know. Right. And, you know, he, I remember doing, uh, we would, it, it would either be uh, Brody and me tagging or Brody and Bray tagging on a different show because mm-hmm. we would do a lot of different house shows and then on the other house show it would be me and braun and i remember we would do so many matches where it'd be me and braun and uh i i remember um he would come in for the heat and that would be it we'd have to protect the big guy which is <laughs> funny because i'm six seven 330 pounds and it's like yeah you gotta protect the big guy i was like all right. Uh, no, but, 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 you know, he's, he's, he's learned a hell of a lot since, you know, what he came from. He gets hell of, hell of good shots up there, but you know, he gets, um, he gets, he gets, he gets that good push, but uh, yeah, hell of guys. So how, how much creative control did the Wyatt family actually have um, with, with, with matches or anything like that? And um, what would you have liked to see go different with them or what, what would you have changed anything with that, with the direction they went? Uh, I think that, I think we lost way too much. In particularly, I think I lost way too much. I think I was always the punching bag of the group as far as whenever booked to lose, it was, you know, me that had to be pinched, which I got, you know, it's Can't, part of the yeah. business. Yeah, right. But, but like, I remember I, when the Y family broke up for just a little period before Braun came into it, I remember I was a baby face and I'm like, well, why do I keep losing? Right. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the baby face. Shouldn't I like win once? Because I remember, uh, I think I asked, I said, well, whenever I was on SmackDown or Raw, I would lose as a babyface. I think I won one match, and I was leading into Survivor Series, and it was against Cesaro, of all mm-hmm. people. And I'm like, this, this doesn't make sense. Like, shouldn't there be a story if I'm losing all the time, if I'm a good guy, to get people to, like, kind of follow who you are? So as far as, like, having a lot of say and storylines and whatnot, no. You, no. You, you don't. I, I mean, if that was the case, I don't think the Wyatt family would have lost uh, Super Cena that one, that one episode to build him up after he lost to Brock. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> such as, such as the way, uh, I, they could have done more with the group. Obviously, obviously it looks like they're trying to do something with half the group. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, that, that was a fun time, but, uh, they, they could have done so much. And especially with, uh, me and Brody's characters, they, 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 we pitched a lot of things where we weren't just guys in the background where we actually were human beings that had, you know, thoughts and feelings and could speak. I have a question about I'm, that later, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause obviously, you know, the quiet mystique lasts a while. I mean, right. Kane, Kane lasted forever being mm-hmm. quiet, but 
Kane is a very eloquent speaker and Kane uh, can tell a story with his mouth. So right. yeah, you want longevity, you have to go on and that's a whole other story, you know, as far as what happened to me. <laughs> um, before we get into some of that stuff, I'd like to talk about a couple WrestleMania moments here. Um, you, I guess your first WrestleMania you would have been in, you accompanied Bray to the ring, WrestleMania 30, his match against Cena. I know you were in Andre the Giant Battle Royal, uh, I think the next year after that. Uh, but let's fast forward to, uh, I think, WrestleMania 32. The Wyatt family interrupts The Rock at the biggest WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> and in front of 101,000 people, The Rock's out there saying that, you, that they broke a, uh, an attendance record. Wyatt family interrupts. You get to have an impromptu one-on-one match with The Rock in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania. You lose in six seconds, but what was that moment like? What were you kind of pissed about the six-second like squash match, or was that just awesome being in the ring with The Rock in that, in that uh, atmosphere? I mean, I mean, we all play a role on the show. And for somebody, everybody wants to be the, the main event guy. Everybody wants to be the big money maker. Everybody wants to be the guy that's, you know, the lead character in, in the movie. Mm-hmm. But to make everything work together, everyone has to play a part that day. They, 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 work, they work it around. They can cycle it to show people glimpses of what you can do. Just glimpses. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Um, for that for that moment and that day, go, going from possibly being in the Andre the Giant Battle Royale, which no offense to Andre, he's one of the greatest giants of all time, but that Battle Royale really doesn't do anything to get anybody over. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at who, who's won the Battle Royale. Has it really done anything? Yeah. And it has, it, has it done anything for their careers not, not, not like, than, yeah. than it would have? Yeah. And uh, so just to, to, to be in that, sometimes, you know, we would rather just not show her face on the show than be part of a battle royal, especially when you're part of a battle royal and you're told not to eliminate anybody. I mean, it's just part of the job though. And, right. uh, you know, they've told you that to not eliminate guys in the battle royal. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's, 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 there's a whole lot. Like I, I, I always dreaded the Royal Rumbles and that's another story <laughs> because I, I, you know, I, I've had worse luck with being in there long and not being able to eliminate anybody and, or being in there just really short. So, right. you know, and it's not where you want to be and you're told why it's not where they want to be, but you know, it's, it's not fun. But the thing with the rock, you know, and that, you know, just feeling the, the crowd and being in the center of the ring, even for like the stare down I had with them, yeah. you know, it, it was fun. It built anticipation, you know, because I, you know, if you watch the video, I'm, I look a little bit bigger than them. You definitely bigger than them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it would have been fun to get some shots. You know, right. I think I saw, I think I saw Stone Cold. You know, after and he's just shaking his head. He's like, "It wouldn't even give you a punch, kid." Like, <laughs> but but it's it, it's it's what it is, and uh, you know, Andrew the Giant Battle Royale, or you know, Face the Rock. I mean, right. That's going to be the Rock. We're going to be the Rock, right? <laughs> or if if you don't if you don't have a you know now at least I can say I had a singles match of idiot. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Hey. Um, <laughs> good, so, good company too. Because who's faced the Rock? In for sure. <laughs> I don't so, know if I was paid accordingly to other people that had the singles <laughs> matches. <laughs> per second, maybe for the six seconds you were in the match, maybe. But still, I. I um, so fast forward two more years. This is this is. Um, WrestleMania 34, New Orleans, triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown tag titles. There's the Usos and the New Day. You and Harper win the tag titles there. That, that, was, that was a moment because for both of us, that was a long time coming. Yeah. 
and you know going through all the the stuff we had gone through the only thing i wish we had with that was more time for the match because mm-hmm. it, it was a sprint we like mania is such a long show and yep. you're giving us a short period of time i think new day had the extravagant entrance so it was like extra long because it had like i don't was that the yellow brick road i'm trying to think of 34 i know 32 or 33 they did the bootios thing and yeah the, the, I, don't, I can't remember what 34 was though they were in no, some kind of like ice cream cart the next year at 33 or something yeah. like that when they were the host yeah but that was a long time coming so it was the, the emotion at the end of that match between me and him that was real yeah that's awesome um then see after the bludgeon brothers you team up with daniel bryan um win the tag titles once again smackdown tag titles again um, what was that like? That that run like with him, and, and getting to show a little more of your personality now. You're on the mic more now, wearing you're wearing band shirts so, now, all, all that kind of so, stuff. So so it's funny because uh, when I had switched and was told I was gonna, and I came back from another injury, unfortunately, where um, I had got hurt at the SummerSlam with the Bludgeons. Mm-hmm. Um, I tore my my bicep off the bone in some freak accident on that day, and then. Um, it, it recoiled all the way up and yeah, it Yikes. was a pain. I remember it was in New York city and I was out at the bar that night with my wife and I'm just shaking my head. Cause, uh, they had a house show in Atlantic city. They're like, I'll oh, take, take the house show off. And originally we were supposed to lose at SmackDown anyway. Mm-hmm. We were going to beat, you know, new day on Sunday and then we were going to lose the belts on the following uh, Tuesday for SmackDown right. in a rematch. And, you know, they were like, "Hey, can can you can you can you do it? Can you can you can you can you wrestle? We'll, we'll protect you. It'll be a short match." And I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah, because that's what you do. And uh, you know, ended up being a, a fun, you know, no DQ match uh, with with Brody, and uh, it hurt yeah. <laughs> afterward. After afterward, it hurt. Uh, yeah, I was I was I was very frustrated that week. Uh, I remember. Uh, when I tore my bicep, I knew it immediately. Um, it was off a catch on the outside of the ring, like um, pretty much mid-match. And uh, so we finished the match. And during the match, I think uh, Brody was selling his arm and mm-hmm. uh, because he had taken a couple moves on that arm. And I told him, I told Brody in the ring, I was like, all right, see you in six months. You know, because you're four or five months, I leave. I got Road Dog and Gorilla. Um, and I'm walking in, and he's like, "Oh my God, how's how's Brody? Is he okay?" Because he was selling his arm, and I was, you know, trying not to show that I just had a major injury. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, oh, "Why don't you go fucking ask him? Like, you know, go ask him." <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I was. I was really hot to be calmed down. I just walked out, went straight to the training room, put ice on it. Cause I knew. Yeah. And then I, I remember that, that next uh, Tuesday too, like I kept having to do more and more in the match. Cause I thought I was going to get taken out early. Ended mm-hmm. up being in the whole thing. And again, you know, you got to act like you're not hurt. <laughs> and, uh, I remember I wanted to get taken out a certain way and they didn't want to do it. And I didn't feel comfortable getting taken out a different way with my arm. Mm-hmm. And then, Finally, I, I blew up again, <laughs> and then everything worked out, and they were okay with you know changing it to the way I wanted it. But yeah, sometimes I guess you had to freak out and 
to get what you wanted. Yeah. But that's not that's not who I am. So right. I didn't. Re- when I'm told to do something, I just try to do it to the best of my ability. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least I tried. True. Um, but then you come back after that, right? And then you're with uh, Daniel Bryan. You're you're showing a little more of your personality on the mic a little more. What what was that like? Doing well, that, that was another, that was another funny thing. Cause like I, I come back and I fully expect to you know reform the bludgeons, and right. I'm told the day I come back to get cleared in the ring, oh you're you're gonna you're gonna be a rumble. And do you, do you have any plaid shirts? <laughs> they 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 wanted me to cut the beard just short like Daniel. They wanted me right. to look like Daniel. They wanted me to like make sure my hair was like him. Like it was, it was weird. I had a meeting with Vince and I said, I think we should be who we are and different. So we shouldn't look alike. And then yeah. that saved, that saved my beard because the, beard, the, produ- yeah. the, the producer was ready to take me to get my beard cut that day. And I said, no, <laughs> I said, I said, that's, that's stupid. <laughs> and then uh, I was told they want to do this because they see something that made, you know, the, to do some, you know, get in the main event scene, which eventually I got in there for a little bit at least. Yeah. And, uh, but they, they even said they don't want to be quiet and, you know, just an intimidating muscle because that's only going to go so far. And mm-hmm. I totally agreed. And then with Daniel, I ended up being the intimidating guy in the background who barely ever spoke in Sherman personality, which, you know, that kind of sucked. But then by chance, the whole, uh, angle with Roman just kept going out of control and it had pitched a certain way. Um, cause I think Daniel and Roman were, were cool with it being me. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So, uh, they gave me kind of a chance to actually get a voice for the first time in the, you know, almost six years with the company to actually be a person that's closest right. to me with a little twist on it. Right. Um, we see you wearing a lot of those, uh, band shirts the death metal shirts what would your favorite band be do you think see with music you can't just name one band <laughs> one. uh my wife always says it's a monomarth just because i listen to them all the time yeah so uh that's, i've reached, I've reached out to monomarth that would i can't get a hold of any of those guys to get to, to be on this show <laughs> i got uh suicide silence it's probably the closest to that genre that, that i've that i've had on this show but um so the show is called uh for the berg based out of pittsburgh pa here do you have any cool show memories from pittsburgh or pay-per-view matches or anything like that in pittsburgh that come uh, to mind my, my mind gets mush when i think about it i was actually before i did this i'm like trying to think i was yeah. like well, what did i do in pittsburgh what did i do in pittsburgh i think i came back from one of my injuries in 2017 mm-hmm. in pittsburgh where i teamed with bray versus orton and uh um brody that's cool so that, that was a fun yeah. little memory yeah uh I've met out, you know, my friend lives out in Pittsburgh. I, was, home, I have, I have home, him home, here. Closer to Manessa, uh, Jason Baker. Yep. He, who he helped with Fuller Mask. Yeah. I was, I was talking to him yesterday to, uh, then, <laughs> and, and I let him know I was going to talk to you. So he, he made all your, or a lot of the, uh, Bludgeon Brothers stuff, the mask and stuff for Bray for you guys. And I mean, oh, yeah. He, yeah. he made a lot of that stuff, helped out with this, those god awful mallets we had to carry around. <laughs> That's Can't call them hammers. They, they had to be called mallets. <laughs> only, only one guy could have a, a hammer in the, you know, the company. <laughs> That's but, fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, uh, the pain, the pain center and the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins. I went to some games there. It's it's always nice. a fun experience. Uh, Fermati Brothers, love yep. it there. Nice. Uh, War, you guys got the Warhol Museum. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to think of all the cool shit you guys got. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, it, I always love Pittsburgh. That's it's a cool. fun place to go. 
Do you know what the term jagoff means? It's a Pittsburgh term. It means like asshole, dickhead, whatever. I ask every guy on the, on the uh, show this question. I'm batting about 500. You can do whatever you want. Totally up to you. But I ask every guy. So just being famous and, and being on tour for so long and meet so many people. Uh, anybody that you would have met that you were excited to meet that just turned out to be a jagoff? Uh, Jason Baker. <laughs> I like uh, that. No, I know. Uh, oh man. So 50, 50, 50% of people actually gave me an answer. Yeah. A lot, a lot of that. Yeah. I've interviewed maybe about going on like 30 guys now. A lot have, but some, some will just play it off and say the answer is yeah, but I don't want to, you know, no, I've been, I've been pretty lucky to meet people that, you know, don't ruin it for me. Right. You know, <laughs> so the answer is no, not, not yet. I'm sure I will. That's good. A <laughs> couple of fan questions here. Um, going back to what you were saying before, you guys would pitch some uh, some storylines here. Was there a specific one that you pitched um, or that was maybe pitched to you that you felt really could have taken off, but it just never came to be? One very recent, the the cage. Yeah. <laughs> well, because, uh, okay, first off, the whole cage thing, obviously not my idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I was doing great in character development and speaking more and uh, – I didn't, I didn't need to change anything. Mm-hmm. Somebody felt differently. So instead of saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes, I am going to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't know what was going to be in the cage, obviously. <laughs> uh, so uh, I pitched um, that. You ever watch American Horror Story? A few. Uh, freak- I'm, I'm a Freak there's show. one called there's one called Freak Show, and there's an actress um, who's the smallest woman on earth. Right. Like she's that, not she's she's not awesome. she's she's not midget height, but she's smaller. Right. And I pitched for the reveal for us to hire her. She's a she's a SAG actress. Yeah. And she could pull off anything, and I wanted it to be her and do the reveal with her, make the cage about an inch taller, taller, do it all up on either in the ring or on the stage and that would be one thing that would freak people out. That would have been awesome. Yeah. (laughs) And you would be able to all of a sudden see me have emotion and show emotion and feelings towards somebody. And let's just say shoot another thing backstage. Something bad happens to her. She's an actress. This is like cinema. This is before the cinematic matches were going crazy right now because of no crowds. Right. But we could have done it backstage, shot it the next week. Something terrible happens to her. She never has to be seen from again. I can have real emotions. I'm being sad, upset, terrified, and then go on the feud with somebody over it. And then that's it. No more cage. Uh, I was told by one person it was a wonderful idea. I mean, that definitely sounds like a good idea. (laughs) And then uh, less than two weeks later, I am... told that I have a mechanical spider. <laughs> oh, man. Which, after the reveal of that, I sent in another pitch about um, it being everybody's worst fear. It's like the movie It. And it goes back to that same character I was with Roman and Daniel about, you know, playing in the people's minds and their fears. Mm-hmm. And I thought that could have worked, too. Yeah. Uh, but obviously I came to work that, that last day was the last day that we did a live event was in uh, Washington, DC. And I had to work Drew at the time and mm-hmm. Drew was obviously preparing to work uh, Brock. 
So instead of really having a match, they just wanted this to kill the cage, um, which did nothing for Drew. Yeah. And uh, yeah, basically just killed the cage and then they wrote me off and it's been officially 90 days. So I'm no longer employed with that company. I thought for sure when you said yesterday, whenever you emailed me and said you, you uh, threw your voice out on set, I'm like, the first thing I thought of was on set. They were, they did the whole swamp <laughs> match thing. Are we going to see Rowan? I'm like, hell yeah, that's sick. But no, I guess that's not what you meant. <laughs> no, um, actually, actually for the last five weeks, I've been uh, on set uh, filming a, a movie uh, oh, nice. in, in Arkansas called Ghosts of the Ozarks. Um Tim Blake Nelson, David Arquette, uh, Angela Bettis, there's some names attached to it. Uh, yeah, but just being on set for five weeks and just seeing how, you know, what you're capable of outside the world of wrestling, you mm-hmm. know, it's pretty eye-opening. Yeah, uh, that's cool. Kind of, you know, kind of makes you excited for just doing different things that you wouldn't normally be able to do within the confines of, of you know, WWE. Because, right. you know, they pick and choose what, you know, who does what and yeah. you to go off and just something on your own is kind of unheard of. I would have never had five weeks off to do something like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I may or may not have been called by WWE to uh, make one last appearance and may or may not have uh, <laughs> said I am busy. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> such as the world, some things work out, some things don't. Um, if they ever called and asked for me to be part of that and I was free, I'd be open to it. But uh nice. You know, I, I don't hold grudges. I get, you know, everyone gets a little bitter at their employers, no matter mm-hmm. what, you know. Right. Life's life, and uh, you just got to keep moving, and whatever happens, happens, whether it's with them, with somebody else, or something else entirely. Yep. But wrestling is a love of mine that I'm not going to give up, so, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. Hopefully that, whether in WWE or whether you maybe – uh, reunite with with Brody and in, in the other company, or um, who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> I appreciate. It. Is there anything else you want to say before we uh, sign off here? And anything you want to plug or anything like that? Man, everybody plugs their pro wrestling tees t shirts. There you go. <laughs> so pro wrestling tees. Look at the store, Eric Redbeard, which may or may not be a wrestling name, but it's just a moniker I have yeah. for the time being because I have a red beard. There you go. <laughs> Awesome. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, no problem. Nope. Mr. Pop. One last thing I want to say before we sign off here, guys. I want all the three people that listen to this show that live in the Pittsburgh area. I want you guys to go to PittsburghCityPaper.com and vote for Matt Light for the best local comedian in Pittsburgh. He's the funniest dude you'll ever hear in your life. He has an amazing story. Go vote for Matt Light from now to the end of the month. Best local comedian in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh.